Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Healthier Together podcast. If you're new here, I am your host, Liz Moody, and I am a writer, cookbook author, podcast host living in Brooklyn, New York. And I am joined today by a very special guest um, who you guys might guess who it is since I am not allowed to interact with other people right now. It's my husband, Zach. Say hi. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. And I thought it would be fun today to do a little, I don't know, something different. So basically, often when I'm hanging out with my girlfriends, many of whom are single, many of whom are in relationships, uh, we'll end up kind of grilling Zach for his opinion on various things in relationships, in dating life, all of that. So I thought it'd be fun to ask all of you on Instagram for your questions that you might want a guy's perspective on. I'm not saying that Zach is the definitive male perspective, but he's definitely a highly emotionally intelligent person. He is very open um, and he's, you know, a guy. (laughs) I'm not the final word on anything. He's not the final word on anything, but I thought it would be fun to have him ask to ask him all of your dating relationship, just sort of like stuff you'd want one guy's opinion on. So this is going to be like one guy's opinion episode. Just a dude. We'll call it just a dude. Just a single dude. I'll take it. Not a single dude. I don't want people to get confused. You should. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get into it. Um, so I'm just I asked you guys all on Instagram. You had really good questions. And I'm actually very curious to hear Zach's answer on a lot of these. Uh, let's start with how do you suggest that somebody get their husband or partner to open up? Because it seems like too many emotions overwhelm them. So like, are there things that I do that do you feel like you just want to talk about emotional stuff with me all the time? Or do you feel like there's things that I do that make you want to talk about emotional things? Just to like anchor my expectations. Is this a warm up question? Like, does it, <laughs> does it only get harder from here? There, It's a mixed bag. It was picked at random. All right. Okay. All right. So what we're looking for is how to get somebody to open up emotionally. Yeah. And I think particularly sometimes any, yeah, anybody, but particularly I think sometimes people feel like men. Oh yeah. 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 Clearly. Yeah. Um, no, um, you, you actually, uh, I don't know where you, where you got this fact, but you, I, think I read it in like Cosmo or something. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> but I've actually found it to be 100% accurate, which is that, um, guys or I or people, um, seem to open up, uh, emotionally and are, they're more willing to get into kind of in-depth conversations in the car. Uh, the do you why do you know why? I think the idea being that basically, you know, when you you have to kind of like do a difficult task and you want to fidget with something, the car I think acts as like a natural fidget if you're driving, mm. if you're the one behind the wheel. And then I I honestly think that there's something to be said for eye contact, not having to maintain and diagnose all of the facial expressions and constant you know kind of reactions of your partner. You can really just take the words for what they are and give them back in the same fashion. That's interesting. All right. So have your conversations in a car and particularly maybe with the person you want to open up driving so that sure. they're like a why, little bit. Why not? A little bit distracted. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. Um, all right. So many people want to know about ghosting, which I feel like you should be prepared to talk about because you've talked about it with like my sister and a number of our friends all the time. Yeah. I mean, paranormal activity is a really big passion of mine. Like what is up with People who ghost. I know that women do it too, but I just have so many girlfriends where they have what seems like a really good date, sounds like a really good date from my perspective when they recap it to me and then never hear from the guy again. And it's just like, what is happening? I'm not 100% sure I can speak to the the like 
misconnection or disconnect between um, when somebody thinks something was great and the other person doesn't get in contact with them. But what I will say is I do think that people underestimate the kind of mental blocks that other people, maybe introverts, maybe guys, maybe whoever, get into in terms of like the that actual first step into starting up a conversation. It might seem so easy for some people, but you mean I, on like text message or on the phone, not because you've already like maybe it. had the date in this instance, right? Right. But I think, you know, there, there, there's always an initial, not always because some people like you, for example, are like really quick with the communication stuff, you know, like you'll, you'll, you'll basically bang out like nine or 10 text messages as I'm still composing one. Right. <laughs> and, and I, well, and I think a piece of that is, is both comfort with writing and comfort with what you're going to say. But also, I think you um, don't maybe obsess or or, or overthink. Let's use overthink. Yeah. The 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 what it means, what you're trying to you know say, all that other kind of stuff like that. And I think that that type of what am I going to do right now? I think that puts a lot of people off. I mean, it's procrastination, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think people procrastinate in relationships, or especially early relationships where there's not enough momentum necessarily to get off the ground especially in the age of you know internet dating apps where it's like ooh, i could swipe which is like inherently dopamine yeah. creating like dopamine like you know fueling and and then it's like oh well now i actually have to make a real decision what do i want to do here what what's that gonna be like it's not necessarily that you know and i, I think the same thing goes too with just the the um general politeness that people expect but aren't getting in in dating which is like oh well you know if he if he didn't have a good time at least he could, he do could it. say something. he could just say that yeah. right but again you know fear of confrontation that kind of general um moment like not not feeling comfortable and, and actually getting the momentum up to be like oh you know today i'm going to accomplish something it's the same reason emails languish in inboxes it's not it's it's not a, a romantic answer or necessarily even might not be satisfying for a lot of people who are like, you know, it matters so much to me that he's or she's not texting me back right now. But I do think that like people can be, I'm, 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 I'm never shocked these days at like the level of rudeness. Somebody can, can basically create, not justify, but, but, but create simply by inaction and by not being able to like be willing to kind of, you know, get there. And I think there's, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Okay. So a few follow-up questions. One, as you know, because you've been here when my friends who I shall not call out on this podcast, like obsess over this stuff, but you know who you are, but you know who you are and you better be listening. (laughs) Um, they seem to stress that they did some tiny thing wrong on the date and that's why they're getting ghosted after, or they said something tiny thing wrong in a text and it was just like, if they hadn't done this one little thing, he wouldn't ghost. Do you think that's true that you can do one little thing wrong and a guy or, a, you know, would you lose attention after doing one tiny thing wrong? Or do you think if you like somebody, you like somebody and like, or in the early days, are you looking for those little tiny things? Again, I would abstract this out to just like general everyday life. I think people overthink these like the tiny little nuances and you know people the other the other party isn't necessarily even receiving those signals they might be picking up something you're not even thinking about which i think also happens you know something that that completely hasn't crossed your mind was Mm. very 
you know, a turnoff to them, you know, like when you kick that puppy and it wasn't a big deal to you, it was like a really, it was like a really serious thing to them. Oh. Just kidding. Um, but I think, yeah, I, 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 I think generally people over emphasize to themselves small things and, and honestly, in most cases they would be better trying to re-engage and, and not, and not taking it so seriously and not being so sensitive about it. Now that's really easy for me to say as a person who's in a happy relationship and, you know, isn't like, you know, oh my God, I really want to find somebody or, you know, I really, you know, my, my timeline, my relationship timeline is X or, you know, that other type of stuff. So I think it's, it's also, there's also this big thing, right. Of just how do you balance the priorities between two parties? Do you remember in our early days of dating, like think way, no. <laughs> think way back. Do you remember if you were, or when you were dating other people, what, how were you deciding in those early days? If this was like, was it just a gut instinct? If you wanted to call them again, if you wanted to see them again or text them again versus going out. Cause we didn't have apps in our day, but you could have just gone out to a bar for a month after we met two months after we met and found some, or even now you could go out to a bar and find somebody new. And it's obviously a different equation now because we've built so much of a life together. But in those early days, how were you sort of evaluating whether you wanted to keep hanging in there with me or go find and swipe and, you know, go for another person? Um, there, you know, every, everybody's kind of stuck at home at home right now. And I know there's a lot of like episode rewatching. And I just assume everybody's rewatched Friends while they've been in mm-hmm. in uh, lockdown. Although we did it before, which was really a mistake. It's an embarrassing thing. <laughs> anyway, um, there's a there's an episode where it's like, you know, you, you don't date these shows until you watch somebody like open open a computer and they're like sixty four megabytes of RAM. And it's yeah, like a word yeah, processor, yeah. and they do the whole pros and cons list. Is sixty four a lot? No. <laughs> um, but that's what I did. I basically you did basically, not no, do a pros and cons list. Of course, not. And, and, of course I not. And nobody was, does. I believe that was the first time Ross and Rachel broke up. Was they did a pros? He did a pros and cons list because he's trying to decide between her and yeah, somebody and he else. Said just a waitress. Yeah, and he said just which is which is not great language to yeah. put into the into your list. Um, also, I sympathize with like early printing issues. Um, <laughs> but but that doesn't. I don't think that's the normal. I think most people trade in their gut period you know like like, like that i think mo- most people are like oh i got i got a good feeling about this even even against their better interests i think yeah. i think that's what we see in romance Ooh, more often than true. not is like ah yeah no i feel really good about this and you're like and all of your friends are like no you don't <laughs> you did kick a puppy like <laughs> but, that, but i have a I good feeling like about this. this is your mental image okay what about the um idea of we got a lot of questions about deciding to get married which i think is an interesting thing so maybe you're trading in your gut for do i like this person do i text them back blah 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 but what about the decision to solidify the relationship in that way were you thinking was it a gut that like it's time for us to get engaged or was it that i wore you down I just want to say that the puppy kicking thing is like what I picture to be just like a really bad person, like an objectively bad person. We also, I think we watched, (laughs) this is like really showing how much TV, we haven't been watching as much TV as it sounds like we've been watching, but we watched The Good Place and they literally do as an example of a bad person on The Good Place, somebody drop kicks a puppy. Into the sun. Or a bad, did I say bad person or a good person? 
yeah, somebody, a bad, a bad person drop kicks a puppy into in, the sun. Into so the sun. it makes sense that that would be in your mind. Anyway, how do you, how, was it a gut decision when you were like, I want to marry? Th-? Was it? No. And actually I would, I would say that, that ironically, I feel at least me, me personally, I put a lot more kind of thought, not really necessarily into the wanting to do it. I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to get married. Um, and I think a lot, I, I think I've, I've heard a lot of guys kind of, slave over this decision uh for lack of a nicer term uh but but not a not a not a if but when i think I'll, for for some reason i've noticed at least a lot of uh people that i know um and in general you know they'll be like it's not that i like i obviously do want to get married it's about when and i think there is a some something in the water that has led a lot of guys to be like the time that you get married is very important because you want to have this situated and this situated. You want to have your job like this and you want to be able to provide like that. And I think that, those are such like old fashioned right. societal and I, and I think bullshit. His, right. And historically, I think they tied to uh, some sort of feeling of, of comfort about child rearing or it's almost buying. like I don't know. Dowry ish, you know, like I Dowry-esque, need to. Yeah, yes. I need to be able to give you five cows for your daughter. Right. And, and once I had five cows, I, I popped the question immediately. Yeah, it was really hard to keep them all together. So, what were your five cows? Literally five. <laughs> My dad got no cows from you, so I don't know what your game is. Um. <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, you know, and, and you and I have talked about this a little bit, but I think for me, it was uh, coming out of you know, my, my time as a student. So I didn't, I didn't feel like. Zach went to graduate school cause he wanted to get two master's degrees before he got engaged. Real dragon of the feet there. Um, yeah, no, no, but, but it, it, it kind of seemed like, well, for one, you know, we were away from friends and family at the time. And then we were in London. Um, and then second, uh, I think there is, you, 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 I think it's really nice to be present in that, in that whole thing. And I, I really wasn't mm. present in a lot of, a lot of stuff. And I wasn't really either, which we've talked about. Sure, for sure. Well, it's interesting because I think at the time I felt really crappy that you weren't proposing to me. Mm. Um, and I was so angry about it, but it was also during the time of my highest anxiety. And I think that was correlative. Like, I think I wanted something. You think that you had your highest point of anxiety because I hadn't proposed to you? No, but I do think I wanted you Can to you propose. Can you just say that on the record? I don't think I had my highest point of agoraphobic anxiety because I wanted you to propose to me. But Super I do deeper. I do think that I wanted it so badly because I didn't feel like I had a lot of other stuff going on in my life. And I always tell my girlfriends who really want their partner to propose that they should try to focus to see if they're trying to fill a hole in the rest of their life. You know, like I think if you if I had spent that time that I was spending crying and being like why aren't you proposing to me which was a lot of time okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was drunk. um but if i had spent that time being like why do i need this so badly and what can i do to make myself feel better to kind of self-soothe and not need that codependent um i really just needed affirmation that i was lovable at that point and i shouldn't i don't think a proposal should ever be used as that as affirmation that you're lovable i think that's certainly a great bit of what do you, what would you say if 
you're with somebody and it's been like a long ass time, like, you you know, and you're just like, I feel like I deserve a proposal this time. What is this guy doing? I don't want to, maybe I want to have kids, blah, blah, blah. I think, I think biological timeframes are pretty, pretty shitty and skewed towards men. Oh man. So unfair. So unfair. But I think also a very not, but, and I think also a very justifiable, um, but would you be like freaked out if a girl was like, I want to have babies. So you need to propose at this point. It depends how it's done. You know, I, I, I do think that there is a, there's a finesse to any conversation. Um, (laughs) 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 just going to hedge a lot of comments over the next few minutes. No, but that's true. Um, but, but, uh, you know, I think I think people can be honest with one another or should should be able to feel like they should be honest with one another, which is just like, hey, just so you know, this is my time frame for the next X years of my life. These are the priorities that are important to me. I mean, if you're it, we have if, a girlfriend who did that and it's worked out really, really well for her. She recently that? started. She was just like, I'm sick of these non-adult relationships. And she started dating somebody and she told him very early on what her plans for her life were and let him know that she wasn't willing to waste and I think that's the key too is doing it early on because if you do it like a year or two in, it can feel almost more awkward. But if you're just like, this is what I want for my life from the get go. Yeah. And and I mean, I think that's a general hot tip for hot tip. life. I wish I had a hot tip sound effect. Hot tip. Oh, we went different directions there. <laughs> um, you went sizzle, sizzle, sizzle. And yeah. I went like slide whistle. I don't know why slide whistle would be a hot tip. Mine is like correlated with the words. Go ahead. <laughs> Sick burn with. Um, really lost my train of thought there with all the sizzling. Uh, I think, I think just, yeah, I think it, it's, I think a very justifiable thing to say. And I, and it, I, oh, I remember. It was something that all people, yeah, I, I don't know why I interrupted Hot. you right when you remembered it. <laughs> Hot tip. <laughs> um, ba- basically that, that working out your own freaking priorities ahead of time works wonders for every aspect of life right like you don't like oh yeah that's yeah, true like, that like, is a hot like, tip yeah thanks well and it also like not waiting for somebody else to come around to help you figure out what you want where you want to live what you want to do what you want the shape of your life to be but being like this is what i want my life to look like yeah which which is work right but and not being rigid in that too i think is important because also, I think a huge part of being in a relationship is about that flexibility to because you're you're living your life with another. This is something we talk about all the time because Zach wasn't here. I'd be living in a pit of my own filth. Um, and I think <laughs> just like disgusting mess wise. Because no one would clean up after you? No, because I wouldn't clean up as much. I think I think you'd find your own way. I might now. I might now. But I was certainly living in a pit of my own filth when he met me. We look sometimes back at pictures of my apartment when he met me and it. There were like tiny kittens running about and then like tumbleweeds of long haired girls just like rolling <laughs> across the floor. Anyway, it's it's interesting because in a relationship, one of the best parts of it are you end up doing so many things that you probably wouldn't be doing if you weren't in that relationship because they're bringing all of these elements to your life. But that's for better and for worse. And so I think not having rigidity might end up with having these amazing things in your life. Like you get to live in a clean house and you, you know, learn. I learned to hike and be active and enjoy moving my body with you, which I know you don't credit yourself for, but I definitely credit you for in a lot of ways because I was not interested in that at all when I met you. Um, 
Yeah. So, but like also in ways that maybe you wouldn't prefer to wake up at this time or go on vacation here or whatever. Right. Well, okay. well maybe, maybe then a better way to put it is, you know, priorities can change, obviously. Right. They're not set in stone. They're not, they're not like. When they do naturally, there's like those studies that say that people who date for a while start looking like each other and also people start looking like their pets. I look at my pet. I look at my wife. Um, I, we all have blue eyes. We do. She's literally, you guys, she is laying on the recording equipment right now. <laughs> She's just lounged out across the recording equipment. <laughs> um, clearly, communication is important. And I think the communication part of the priorities is what we're talking about. Yeah, at least for, for sure. For the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Okay. Um, let's talk about looks for a second. Hot or not? Yeah, hot or Do you think I'm hot? Scale of one to ten. Ten. Just 10? <laughs> Trick question. No. Do men notice or do you notice? Because this is just ask a single guy. Not a single guy. Ask a... What's another way I can say that? <laughs> ask an individual guy? Ask one guy. Ask one guy. <laughs> ask, well, we've not been wearing our rings because they, um, they're bacteria and virus traps. And they're, we wash our hands like 50 times a day. So we both look more single right now than we've looked in years. That's true. I think my ring would be like twice the size of... If all the hand washing I've done. The hand washing is, it would be grotesque at this point. Or, yeah. It would, be, I feel like my ring would be like blue or, I mean, it's made of nice material, but anyway. Um, do you it's notice very nice material. when you're, the ring is beautiful. You got me a beautiful ring. <laughs> you got me a gorgeous ring. You're listening to the Healthier Together podcast. I am so excited about this week's podcast sponsor, Sound. I've shared Sound on my Instagram a few times, so you may be familiar, but essentially they combine sparkling water with certified organic tea, botanicals, and fruit extracts. They don't use any sweeteners, so they're both sugar and artificial sugar-free, but they still somehow taste amazing. My very favorite one is chamomile with vanilla and elderflower, which I swear tastes just like a cream soda. They have caffeine-free and caffeinated versions. Zach loves the green tea with grapefruit and mint and the blood orange and vanilla with black tea. The grapefruit and lavender with ginger tea is caffeine-free and another favorite of mine. And I love the blueberry and cinnamon with hibiscus tea. I'm truly just so impressed with how delicious and creative the flavor combos that sound comes up with are. And they have one of the cleanest ingredient lists that I have ever seen. They're one of my favorite soda alternatives. And they're also an awesome base for mocktails or cocktails. You can order all of the Sound Sparkling Teas online at drinksound.com, D-R-I-N-K-S-O-U-N-D.com. And if you use the code Liz, like my name, L-I-Z, you'll get 20% off. I cannot wait for you to try them. I know you're going to be obsessed. Again, that is drinksound.com. And the code to get 20% off is Liz. Now, let's get back to the episode. Do you notice when um, people wear makeup? at all like do you notice when i wear makeup or when women wear makeup and if so do you like it or does it not matter to you are you just like you should be this beautiful all the time this is where the traps really start to fall um i i think i think no one whether it's conscious or subconscious everybody notices makeup because you're academically looking different everybody looks different my personal preference you can be honest I think it, I think it's really context dependent, right? Like if you're going out to an event that makes sense that matches with makeup, 
I think the expectation is makeup. If you're going to be on camera, for example, no one would be like, or very few people I think are like, oh yeah, no makeup for camera. Because, but like you know, when I'm on camera, I do my on camera days. I look like I have all this makeup on. I look really objectively. I not even, I, I, I look more societally accepted, attractive. Do I come home from those on camera days? Or are you like, oh, she's hotter. I want to jump her bones more. Or are you like, no, she's not more hot than those days. She's just makeup for you around the house. Jump her bones is actually the exact phrase that goes to my head. Like we got to do some bone jumping. Bone jumping. Bone jumping. Yeah. Um, I, I, well, A, I actually think that on camera makeup isn't as great close up. It's meant. Yeah. For yeah. Some, okay. Some, okay. Some, this is, me, can I just say, this is what happens when Zach and I ever play hypothetical games where I'm just like, oh, would you rather this or this? And he's like, well, it really depends because in this situation, trees only grow this many inches a year. And sometimes the weather in Bermuda is a little fishy in July. And you're just like, nobody was asking about that. Anyway. What was the question for that? (laughs) It's just an answer. There's no question. All right. Um, I think, I think simply put, uh, Makeup is noticeable. Makeup is something that people will notice and appreciate um, in to a point. And then it becomes, you know, way too much makeup or or obvious makeup. I mean, you know, like like anything, the skill there, there's there's professional professionals out there that do amazing makeup. And, and but did they jump they their do, pones question like bones? Did I say pones <laughs> to the jump their bones question? Like. When I do a shoot, or do you think I look like, are you more attracted to me when I look hot in that way? Let's put it another way. There are plenty of times that you're not wearing makeup that I am interested in a bone jump. Okay. What about the difference? Let's break this down a little further. Today, I'm wearing makeup, but I'm wearing very natural makeup. I'm wearing, you know, just like my sunscreen, which is a tinted foundation situation. I'm wearing mascara and a little bit of blush that also goes on my lip. So I look, I look different than I would say I normally do or not normally when I'm wearing no makeup, but I'm not, I don't look made up. What do you think about that? Which is, I guess, essentially me, but enhanced versus nothing. Do you find me more attractive with the me, but enhanced, but it's not like blue or red or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, for example, I think, uh, uh, mascara brings out your eyes and you have really beautiful eyes. So it's like, it's like a frame for your pretty eyes. It's interesting to hear you just talk about it in sheer aesthetic details, because I think all women want, or at least me, I'm not going to speak for all women. I want it to be like, good choice. you wake up, you don't need any of that stuff because you wake up at your most beautiful. But then like, it's like, of course, if my eyes are light blue, putting something that's dark black next to it will make the blue brighter Let's just it, from a sheerly aesthetic yeah. standpoint. So if I put on a, uh, a blue shirt and you're like, Oh man, that makes your blue eyes stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you like that, right. That's about the same thing as putting on makeup. Right. I, I, yeah. I, I, from, from a, from a, effect level, there might be some other tricky stuff, but like, let's say if it, if it is, enhancing a part of the body that isn't the thing you're actually dressing up. Cause I think very few people are like, Oh man, her eyelashes are so long and dark. That's really what I'm into right now. Like that's right. I'm just enhancing my eyes. That's the right, point. Right. I it's, mean, I think all of it is you're trying to um, create some sort of bio, like 
you're at a biological ideal. You're trying to present a biological ideal. So there's that. I think there's also and fertility. That's why you want your lips to be flush and your cheeks to be flush. I'm like trying to subconsciously signal to you that I'm fertile. For the most part, that seems probably really redundant since I let you know about every phase of my cycle as it happens. It's I'm really proud. I'm just just quietly shaking my head here. I am. I got my IUD out last December, maybe like a year and a half ago. And I just had my first 28 day cycle like three months ago. And I've had a 28 day cycle every month since then. And I'm so proud of it just because it took so long to get exactly to that. And you know, all cycles of all lengths are great. And, you know, it doesn't need to be exactly 28 days, but I'm really proud of my 28 day cycle. So Zach cares way too much about that. And then I also tell him when I'm ovulating and I'm like, are you more attracted I feel to like, me? You know, like a, like a moon goddess type persona figure to come in here and throw you a celebration at that point. I that kind of want really one. Nice. Yeah. I think that would be really nice. The April spritz would be a good cocktail for that or like what? I think it needs to be more like so like I picture something that looks like a, oh, do you, cause it's red. No. <laughs> We're just drinking them right now. I picture something that's opalescent. 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 Yeah. Okay. So what about makeup that's like a creative expression makeup? Do you find it hot when women are like, I'm going to do blue eyeshadow because I'm feeling myself and I want to express myself artistically in that way. I actually do. I find, I find like dyed hair. Like I I find all of those things to be generally. um, Positive. I I think just, you know, and, and, and on the right person for me around because I, th- I think it's just there's a certain confidence in it. I think uh, there's an appreciation of of the ability to uh, design in that way, to kind of like create in that way. Which makes sense because you're a designer and like that would be something you would have. Or do you think that that yeah, but I mean, like, I'm, have your, would your I'm other not like friends, a makeup designer. I have no concept. Of, like, how but would your other well. friends, do you think who are less interested in design than you have? Do you think they would feel the same? Like, oh, because it's a confidence thing. And I know other people would think that type of thing is over the top. Uh, and, and obviously there's over the top and there's over the top, right. But like, uh, personally, I, I find that type of stuff kind of interesting. Okay. And on the flip side, which I'm sorry, cause I'm terrible at makeup and I will never do something like that. Okay. So I feel like you just said that. And I'm like, <laughs> I will never wear blue eyeshadow. Cause I just, I can't, I, I feel like it would look really silly on me, but I have, you know, friends and people that you can admire there. Like my sister. You're not attracted to my sister, I hope, but she does lots of fun hair colors. And I think you think that's cool objectively your without sister, your sister is very cool. She's very cool. My sister's shout out to Katie. Um, she has she dyed her hair bright pink today. Do you see that? I didn't, I didn't see it. She wouldn't send me the photo. She's like, I'm going to reveal it on Instagram later. And then I just said on Instagram, Damn. I know she's a youth. Um, <laughs> she wouldn't even give you the sneak peek. She would not give me this. She's like, I love it so much. And I'm like, send me a pic. And for, she's like, for context, she just defended her thesis and we sent her a very nice bottle of champagne. A very expensive. She loved the champagne and would not send me a picture of her pink hair. Rude. Made me see it with all the plebeians on Instagram. Rude. She's like, I just think it's funny because she's not like an influencer or anything. She just has a normal Instagram and did a pink hair reveal on it. Um, what about on the flip side? How many days can I wear huge sweatpants and baggy t-shirts and have like a rat's nest of a hair and drool before you're like wow this is my wife i mean it's mid-may now so at least at least two and a half months i have to be on camera (laughs) a lot so i actually you have a pretty good deal with quarantine i feel like i have a great deal you get really good food minus the fact that our Our apartment's apartment's but like you get really good food you only get like one to two mental breakdowns a day you don't need to defend it i'm very happy and i have to look cute like 40% 40% of the time. 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, well, do you think it's like, I've, like I've never, are you I've never, like, I've never I, hit a point that I'm, I, I, you know, does your love for me overcome my giant sweatpants or is there a part of you that finds like my giant in like parachute pants? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> or does like the giant sweatpants, is it cute in some way to absolutely. you? I, I, I mean, I honestly think that loungewear is some of our more attractive wear these days too. Like as like, just as a society, you know, oh, okay. we, we have a lot of really nice loungewear out there and a lot of people wear really nice loungewear. Like you know, the, the sweatpants of yore are kind of gone. Yeah, that's um, true. And every, everything. these. Do so like, you think you like cute loungewear and like no makeup and kind of like a cute pony is like its own look unto itself that you're sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, and it kind of uh, speaks to a certain casualness and, and kind of comfort, which I think is also nice. Confident. Sure. And comfort. Yeah. Like comfort. I'm comfortable, comfortable with you. With, yeah, exactly. Which I like. Okay. What do you think is the best way for a woman to meet an awesome, like a nice guy? And I thought this was an interesting question for you because you're friends with so many nice guys and you are a nice guy. And I think a lot of people feel like all the guys they meet out at bars are assholes. Sure. So where are the non assholes? I mean, I used to go to a bar. We, we met at a bar. I know we did meet at a bar, but how did like, do you think it's just you have to wade through a certain amount of assholes to find nice? Because all of your friends are nice guys. And I do think that's really interesting. Like, where are those people? Mm, well, first, I think, you know, there can be people out there that are nice people, but they're not necessarily for you. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. Just, all right. It's a good enough, no, enough hedging. You want quick answers? Yeah, it's a good point. But like, but yeah, you know uh, what I mean. Sure. Fine. Um, you know, I, I, I think things that are outside of, I think that this is, it's the longer play, but, you know, work, sports teams, any, any, anything, anything that isn't inherently dating, I think people, there, there, there's, you get a bit kind of more of a opportunity to get an eye on somebody before they like to see how they interact with the world. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, I think there are more, and, and realistically, you know, even with internet, dating and digital dating it's like it's kind of just the i think it's often posing non-dating questions to people that'll let you that kind of give oh, you a bigger a bigger insight into who they they like what? are what questions should we ask people would you kick the puppy <laughs> um, <laughs> if a puppy landed in front of you would you kick it into the sun or no <laughs> if you could kick things as far as the sun what would you choose a a puppy <laughs> b coronavirus see a soccer ball <laughs> yeah um i mean it is interesting though to try to get really an idea of what somebody's like is a, a real person like in the other facets of their life outside of dating which i think is really interesting um what do you think about the idea of meeting somebody at doing community service because the people doing community service are inherently nice people i i like to think that system would work i've never seen it happen like i I've i haven't either all of our friends that have met nice guys have met them Either through friends, which I think is a huge oh, yeah. and, and untapped sorry, sorry. resource. That, that, was, that was the last thing is being introduced by someone else you trust and like and have something in common with. But I think for that, you really should be like telling your friends and not just your close friends, but like your wider network of friends. Sure. If you know somebody who you think would be a good match with me, like set me up. And I think people will often talk to their same three friends about it, but not their wider group of friends. So I think that's important. Okay. This one I was really interested in. Um. Do you, in general, have as much difficulty with like self love and body love as you think 
women or I do? Like what's your sort of relationship with your body and self-love? Cause that's something obviously I talk about a lot and I talk about a lot with, you know, the people in my wider community. Yeah. I mean, I could probably, um, work on having more self love in that regard. I think, you know, there's, you know, you, we've lived in New York a number of years. Everybody's in great shape, or at least uh, there's enough people in great shape that you run into on a daily basis that you're like, oh man. You're in great shape. I'm in, I'm in okay shape. Yeah. Less now, less after these but last But is it something months. you, like, do you think about, like, I, I need to do these things to love my body, blah, 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 in the same way that you know that I'm contextualizing it for people, or for myself, or for my audience, or anything like that? Um, that's, that's a hard one for me. I, 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 I think it, I think yes, it 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 definitely spans genders. If that's if that's what you're mm-hmm. asking, yeah, I think I, I think, think that's what I'm asking. Like, do you? It just seems like men sometimes don't care. They're just like, I can have my belly, I can get laid. It almost feels like the stuff and that, that's, and that's probably there. There's there's probably a certain truth to that. And let's let's be honest, right? A, a ton of female focused capitalism is about making women feel uncomfortable in their bodies. Yeah, and that that's how huge brands make so much money. If every woman and w- it's actually true, and, and there's like so many less, there's so much less money being made off of men feeling like crap about themselves. Well, there, I think there is money to be made. I think it's just maybe different. Off what, like the Bowflex? No, I think off of cars and alcohol and all sorts of other. Type oh, of that's interesting. I think, I think it, you know they're different. They're different categories of purchasing, but I think a lot of them are about building insecurity in people. I also, I think that men. Still, and this is crazy to me because of where we are as a society in 2020 or where I would like us to be, but I think men tend to feel more insecurity about not being able to provide or make a certain amount of money and women tend to feel more insecurity around their body. And I do think that comes from a lot of the messaging we get subliminally in in commercials and blah, blah, blah. Should we we take a break here to say that, of course, this flips genders and genders are yeah, non, non-real and you know and it's they are non-real but i also do think at the same time um you know i i think that there's so much messaging around makeup and weight loss and it's just it's crazy how much to me people internalize that i internalized i mean let's let's put it another way and how the, just how constant it what, is. What I was going to say is, is, is the the systems that track you online that work to drive you to a purchase, they take into account your gender, most yeah, certainly, that's or, a very or exact thing to say, or or, or your self assigned gender, or your your like they're they're going to put you in a box. And I think you know there's there's a few boxes that have been designed for people to be sold to and, and yeah. segmented into, and and what we're talking about are a couple probably kind of. Uh, distinct boxes, right? So, what are that are traditionally male or traditionally? So, do you feel like you don't spend that much time trying to like actively working on loving yourself? Do you think you spend more time on doing the things that maybe one would think targeted advertisements are for men about, like trying to prove yourself? Well, I don't have a car. <laughs> um, no. Uh, well, proving proving myself is, I think, I think a very interesting thing because I I one hundred percent bought into that idea. I think at a young age of of you know, be it via education or uh, career success or, you know, some other type of relatively uh, basic metric. Um, I, I kind of bought into the proving yourself side of, of, of society, my life. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I, I mean, yeah, I work on, I work on self-betterment every day and, you know, have, I, I rarely find things that, that, um, stick, but I think writing sticks for me. I think reading sticks for me. Um, and, and movement, exercise, yoga, all like those type of things do all have a, a positive impact on, on my self-love, you know, it's a bigger category or not, not, not bigger, but maybe more broader than, than simply body image, right. Kind of self-image. Do you work out to feel hot or to look hot or to feel good or to look hot? Both. Yeah. Like when you're at the gym, are you like, I'm pumping. So the Liz thinks I'm hot. Yes. Or are you like, I like the energy I get from this. Okay. All right. It can be, it can be both. Um, do you actually like talking about feelings and do you think that like your guy friends do ever or it, every time we do it, am I just forcing you? Uh, I would say that n- there is no such thing as a good conversation devoid of feelings. So feelings mm. should be part of every conversation. Not until we're married. <laughs> it's like if you could clickbait or whatever that for me for this conversation, what's the real life equivalent of that? Sweet. So I'm going to pick up this mic and drop it. <laughs> uh, no, but, but I mean, but to, to also put that in a less Liz friendly way, um, feelings don't necessarily always need to be the subject, right? They can be an inherent component of the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Like how they I can be f- the subtext. Yeah. How I, well, how I feel about something determines how I, think about it and how I react to it and, and, and how I interact with, with anything. Right. Like, so it's, it's, it's very hard for us to think that, that our, our conversations can be devoid of feelings. Like it's, I think all of the objective sciences and, and like all of basically all, all tra- maybe traditionally air quoting here, non-feeling um, subject matter has been shown time and again to be very driven by and affected by feelings and it's, right. it's it's the exception not the because we're human. not the rule yeah i mean because we have them yeah they they drive our lives they color everything and and if you want your guy to talk about your feelings with your feelings with you talk about them in a car sure side by side nice high-powered muscle car <laughs> driving down the highway what's a, the durang the the durango the durango Zach and I are thinking about buying a car. Um, Not during a this, but we've been looking at cars. We've never bought cars as adults, which is kind of crazy to think about at this point in our lives. Because I got a car. I got like the car my dad had had for ten years when I turned sixteen, and I think it was like a year actually after that when I was like seventeen. And then Zach got literally the world's oldest, jankiest Subaru. Oh, I would like you to know that my my cousin drove that Subaru. It was like ninety four. Until it Subaru. actually died. Actually, died like two hundred fifty thousand miles Until up, in, up in like Alaska. Actually or something. died. Amazing. But when you got the jank, so neither we both like inherited old janky cars, which was so lovely. Felt very grateful in my high school years to have a car at all. I love my little Jedi. I called him Jerry. Um, but we haven't. And then we've lived in cities since our cars died and haven't ever bought a car. So this is a really interesting experience for us. So anyways, we've looked at, I think I, I could have bought a car with the number of parking tickets I got in San Francisco. Yeah. But you had your cool Subaru. And also there's a great car to have people not break into because it looked like crap. <laughs> it was like a very clear car of like nothing of value is in this you car. Can see everything in it. You can literally see everything in this car. Okay. This is the last question. Um, just because we're running out of time, I have a lot more questions for you personally. Like, what do you love about me the most? Sure. Rank from most to least. 
I'll think about it. Okay, great. Um, what's your opinion on like weird wellness trends and things? Stuff like left field right there. Well, stuff like um astrology or um, you know, the medical medium. I don't want to have you like speak to specific people or stuff, but like when I get a little bit more woo-woo in my wellness, what do you think about that? This question may be too vague. Well, people want to, I think it's because people sometimes feel embarrassed doing stuff in front of their partner. Oh, I see. Or talking about stuff or embracing stuff or talking about a new thing they're trying for their gut health. Or if they're like, I got a tarot reading and it told me this and I want to do this because of it. Like anything in that range. Or I, this is my human design and I want to talk to you about my human design. It's, it's a personality. It's similar to the Enneagram where it's like oh, a yeah. personality, personality mapping thing. So like that kind of stuff where somebody might feel embarrassed talking to a partner about it. Got it. Okay. I, I, I see the, see the question. Um, so what I think about that huge category of things yes. <laughs> is that from a, you know, relationship standpoint and from a communicating with your partner standpoint, you know, the best thing to do or one of the, a good thing to do, in my opinion, in, with these type of things is just talk about what it means to you and why you're doing it. Mm, if, if, like if, contextualize it. Contextualize it, right? Like, so if you're like, hey, I got a cool tarot reading and it said blank, 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 you know, maybe lead with why you got the tarot reading and why you believe it, why you believe it and whether or not you believe it what it means to you and why it means that to you. I mean, mm, I, I, I think great advice. Yeah. So I, like, I really think it, it does come down to communication and just what you can do to kind of expose your goals and, and needs and, and allow somebody to come up to those goals and, and, and needs and, and values and say, cool, well, let's, let's talk about that. Well, and truthfully, if you like tell somebody why tarot is important to you or why this, gut health thing is important to you and they still aren't on board with it, then that's a bigger conversation because they're not supporting you at that point. And so they're not supporting whatever modality you're experimenting Absolutely. with. And often I think there's, there's a really fun relationship disconnect and I use fun sarcastically, which is when somebody's telling them about like a hobby or a belief or something and what it means, what they're, what they mean is this is, this thing's important to me, but the thing that's actually important to them is being covered or obscured by whatever they're actually talking about mm. or the other way around saying, I'm interested in this hobby. And what that hobby means to me is X, Y, Z. And if you diss that hobby, you're dissing X, Y, Z. And the person might not understand that. Connection. Right. So the more that you can do to help them understand what you're actually saying, and even to help you understand what you're actually saying is probably the better. Self Self-reflection is the best. Well, this was so, I'm very impressed by your answers. I think I will have to have you back on the podcast for sure. I will be happy to do it. Well, we will have to have you back because I don't have anybody else I can do live podcasts with. And I also like, honestly, I really like getting to see the side of you. I think that there's like, there is the SNL sketch where dads and sons can have a podcast to connect and have like real conversations. And I feel like we get to have a lot of real conversations. I'm so appreciative of that. But you do get to see your partner in a little bit of a different light in this type of scenario. And it was really lovely for me to get to see you in this light. So thank you for being my guest. I very much appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom with the world because your wisdom is deep and immense. Thank you. Um, thank you to everybody who listened. I hope that you like this sort of 
different format. We'll be back next week with another long form interview with an amazing human in the wellness world. So definitely come back for that. If you like this type of episode, let me know. Let me know if you want me to have Zach back on and make him answer more questions that are hugely caveated. (laughs) Um, And if you do like this podcast, of course, I would always appreciate a rating or a view on iTunes. They mean the world to me. I read every single one of them and they just help other people find the podcast and growing our little podcast family. You should also mention me in the podcast. Like, that Zach guest. That really top notch. That Zach, Zach should be on every, it should be Zach's podcast. Who's this Liz person who keeps talking instead of Zach? Mm. <laughs> um, so mention Zach in your review because he'll really, like honestly, if anybody does do an iTunes review and mention Zach, he will never let me hear the end of that. So if you want to be part of our relationship in that way, please do so. And Thank you guys all for hanging out with us for a little bit. I hope that this brought a little bit of fun and joy into your day. I hope you're all staying safe and sane, and I will talk to you next week. If you have dry skin, this is going to be your holy grail. I've loved, loved, loved the Osea Andaria Algae Body Butter for years It is so rich and creamy and lush, but it sinks right into your skin and it makes your entire body feel moisturized and not greasy at all. I actually do not understand how it's so not greasy and yet so, so hydrating. As fall approaches, I'm leaning into mini spa energy, these micro relaxing moments you can insert throughout your day. Because peppering your day with tiny bits of calm can have huge impacts on overall cortisol levels, on your anxiety, even how you sleep at night, and the smell of the body butter. Holy cow, it is pure spa energy. You get that like laying on the massage table, melting energy. It is phenomenal. I've gone through at least four tubs of this personally, and that is saying something because it lasts a long ass time. A little bit goes a very long way. I also always keep extras on hand to give out as gifts. It uses ingredients that you would normally see in face care products like seaweed, ceramides, glycerin, which I am obsessed with for hydration and think is so underrated, amino acids, even a skin-identical moisture complex. Also, here is a little tip. If you want to amp up its hydrating power even more, put it on damp skin right after the shower to really lock in all of that moisture and hydration. Like all Osea products, it's formulated with real seaweed to take advantage of its nutrient-rich benefits like deep moisturization. It's also vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Osea has actually been making seaweed-infused products that are safe for your skin and the planet for over 27 years. And I personally absolutely love how everything is ethically tested and sourced. For clean body care that gives you skincare-level results, you've got to try Osea. And right now we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with promo code LizMoody at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $60 get free shipping. While you're there, get the body butter, of course, but I'm also obsessed with the Vegas Nerve Oil and Pillow Mist, both of which help so much with my anxiety. I love rubbing the oil on my hands and inhaling deeply before I meditate to make it feel more intentional and calming and grounding. You are going to want it all. Go to OSEAMalibu.com, promo code Liz Moody.